When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wednesday, August 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, a tough one for the Indians last night as the Texas Rangers, a team they hadn't seen yet this season, uh, jumped out to an early lead uh, against Eli Morgan uh, with a three-run home run by uh, Nathaniel Lowe and uh, held on to win 7-4. to four. Uh, to open a uh, six-game homestand here, uh, sort of wrap around uh, to the end of this this week. Uh, Brian Shaw gives up a three-run home run in the game as well. Uh, really just an all-around uh, tough night for the Indians. Uh, they, they had some opportunities there, especially in the seventh inning, to sort of uh, get back into the game, but weren't able to come up with a big hit. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that hits a nail on the head, Joe. Uh, just, uh, you know, they kept coming back. They kept coming back and um, they just couldn't get there. And, you know, I think that's, you know, since DeMarlo Hale has really taken over this club, you could look at it. They've played a lot of close games where a big hit, you know, could have made the difference. And uh, they just have not been able to get that big hit. And that, you know, that goes back when Terry Francona was, was uh, managing the club as well. They, you know, they, they, they don't produce with runners in scoring position. And uh, I don't know if that's the mark of a uh, young club or just a, you know, that, that weird stat that is runners in scoring position that is so, uh, you know, persnickety, I guess, you know, it can go from <laughs> one year to the next, you, you look like Babe Ruth and then you look like uh, Mike Fishlin the next year. So, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a tough stat, but good teams, man, you know, good teams, get those runs across and win those close games. And, you know, they are 11 and 45 when they score three or fewer runs. And last night was a perfect example of that. Good teams find a way to win those games, or at least, you know, have a much better margin, you know, a much better winning percentage in those games. And the Indians have been plagued by that all year. Yeah. And like you said, it's since DeMarlo Hale took over, They've stayed competitive in games. They, they, they don't give up. They keep fighting, coming back. Uh, they'll rally. Last night, they chipped away. Uh, Yu Chang with a home run. Uh, Daniel Johnson with a home run. Uh, you thought that there was, you know, momentum there in the sixth, seventh innings when 
when they were, you know, close, but, you know, they cut uh, Texas's lead to a run. But like you said, they don't have that guy who comes up in those clutch situations and you just know that he's going to put the bat on the ball. And pretty much the biggest situation last night uh, was what first and second with nobody out and Ernie Clement at the plate. And you knew the bunt was coming. You knew Ernie Clement had to execute and get it down. And he popped it up uh, to the third baseman and uh, the inning sort of derailed from there. Yeah. And I thought Ernie, you know, everyone knew he was going to bunt, but Ernie kind of, you know, you know, kind of hid the bunt, you know, he just, and when the pitcher let go of the ball, he squared around. I thought, Hey, if you're going to bunt, bunt, you know, just, you know, get yourself set, square it up, you know, get, get, get the bat above the ball before the pitcher delivers and, and try to get it down. I don't know if that, if that's the way he sacrificed bunts or not, but it looked like he was kind of, you know, caught in between. He didn't know exactly what he wanted to do. He's hiding that sacrifice bunt attempt, trying to keep the third baseman back. I, I'm not sure, but I don't know if that screwed him up or not, but that was, that was a big play and another big play that was in the seventh inning. Another big, big play to me, Joe was in the sixth inning when Rosario walks, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez gets the bloop uh, single to center. Rosario goes to third. The Rangers leave second base uncovered. Jose, you know, glides into there alertly. So they got second and third, nobody out. Uh, you know, Fran Mill comes through with the uh, sacrifice fly to make it a one-run game. But but then, you know, uh, Wilson Ramos and Mercado, you know, ro- you know, in one grounds out, one flies out. And you've got to take advantage of those situations or – or it comes back to bite you. Yeah, Jose got to second on that play with brilliant base running, and then he stayed there. He didn't move uh, from that spot the rest of the uh, the inning. So, uh, yeah, just a, a tough night all the way around. And that that you know that was a run that would have tied the game uh, earlier in in the game. They had uh, they had given up a run on uh, a situation where uh, they had played the infield back and uh, a ground out scored a run for Texas. Uh, just not knowing, you know, who made the call on that. Uh, you brought up a, an interesting point when we were talking earlier, Hoinsey. Uh, you know, how important is it for this team to finish with a winning record? Right now, it, it, it doesn't seem like there's urgency there for that to happen. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, you know, you talk to Mike Chernoff, you talk to Chris Antonetti, they say we want to win as much as possible while developing as much as possible. Well, this year has shown us that, you know, those two, those two uh, agendas, you know, don't often meet, you know, they, they, you know, they either go one way or the other. And, and it, right now the Indians are 61 and 62. Um, it, you know, I think it would be, it would be important for, you know, the, the organization to finish at 500, but the, do you let that, or, you know, I should say a winning record, you know, you keep that streak alive, you know, since mm-hmm. 2013, they've had, you know, they've won every season, posted a winning record, but, uh, you know, but will it come at the cost of developing? And I don't know, Joe, what do you think? Well, I mean, we, you bring up that, that dirty word in, in major league baseball tanking. And I, I mean, tanking was, is intentionally losing to try and better your position in uh in in the draft standing but can you can you develop young players without it seeming like you're tanking because 
because really on a night like yesterday when Eli Morgan gives up those three runs, uh, gives up the three run homer and, you know, then comes back and, and really sort of settles in and, and doesn't pitch too badly until he run, ran into, uh, you know, trouble in the, in, in what the, the fifth, fifth inning. Um, you know, there's still something there that he can take away from that outing. If you're, if you're Eli Morgan, you, you're, you're going to need a few more of those before you're an established major league veteran. Uh, like you want Eli to be, you know, next year and the year after when he comes back up, I, I don't know if, if you're playing the game of, well, we want to win as much as possible, but there's no, but in, in, in baseball, if you're, if you want to win as much as possible, then you want to win as much as possible. And you're going to do things to win as much as possible there. It, 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 when, when the butt comes along, there's, there's no, uh, you're not trying to win as much as possible. You're, 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 you're valuing the development more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have, you know, because they've won so much, you know, in the last, you know, eight, nine years, they always draft low. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think you're going to tank right now over what the last 40 games of the season, you know, just run the white flag up because, but, you know, they're still, you know, they're still going to, you know, end up, they might end up with a, a little higher, you know, higher position in the draft than normal, uh, depending how this goes. But, you know, this is a series, Joe, that, you know, it's kind of made for, made to order for them to really kind of, you know, play well, you know, Texas has five guys on the COVID list or they've got the worst records in, in the big league since, uh, since the all-star break. And, uh, you know, you come, you know, they, you know, they are, you know, the Indians were 61 and 61 coming into this last night's game. And, and, and the, uh, the Rangers were 43 and 81. I mean, so, you know, this is the kind of, this is the kind of place where young players learn how to win. This is a series where it, and, you know, it didn't happen last night. Right. Uh, as far as if you look uh, outside of last night's game, uh, looking for bright spots, Bobby Bradley uh, played and Harold Ramirez played at Lake County. Uh, they each got a couple of at-bats in uh, rehab outings there, uh, both of them dealing with knee issues. Uh, Bradley went 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. Harold Ramirez also 0 for 2. Uh that's gonna again if you want the if the question is about development uh bobby bradley and harold ramirez look like they're going to get be getting closer to returning uh do you have a place for bobby bradley do you have a place for uh harold ramirez uh and and who goes if you if you do Uh, i gotta figure both of those guys will be back on the active roster as soon as they're able Oh yeah, I think so, Joe. I think it was the the a positive sign to me was neither one of those guys DH last night. They were both playing their positions, so that means you know they're 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 ready to to run the bases. They're ready to move around and play defense. So I, I would think maybe they get what 10, 12 more at bats in, in some rehab games, or maybe fewer than that, and 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 they're back. So and and when they do you know you want Bradley playing first base you got to have him playing first base so yeah. you know they made the moves before with Chang going down or Owen Miller going down you know so i think you know they've got they've got some uh, spaces where they can make some moves you know Ramirez might be a little tougher move uh you know depending what you know how many outfielders you want to keep but i think you want to keep him too because 
like we, you were uh, like he's an he's an important bat, or at least he has been to to put in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, he he can he space out your line, he can lengthen your lineup beyond Franmil a little bit. Uh, you know, if you put a left-hander between him and Franmil, and really you've got to figure out what you've got with Harold Ramirez uh, for you know just making decisions for next year. Uh, he's he's affordable. He's uh, a professional hitter. I think uh, they would they could do worse than Harold Ramirez for a a, a fourth or fifth you know third fourth or fifth outfielder next year. Yeah, no, I agree completely. He can run. He, you know, we <laughs> they they look like they found a spot for him in left field where he can't do too much damage. And you know, he <laughs> goes back on the ball real well. He just has to come in on the ball a little better. But, you know, I think uh, he's a hard worker. I think he's willing to learn. And uh, But, yeah, that's a bat that, you know, either if he's coming off the bench or what, if he's your fourth guy, fourth outfielder, I think he can help you. Yeah. Uh, but that does create the issue. Who, who goes if you, um, you know, if you add him back to the active roster, do you, do you sacrifice development time for – Daniel Johnson, uh, have you given Oscar Mercado enough of a look? Uh, do the do do one or both of those guys go back down, or right, at, at, at some combination of that? Uh, you definitely need to put Bradley at first base and just give him the the final month of the season. Just say first base is yours. Go out there and do it, and see what you got. He he might give you you know seven, eight, nine, ten home runs over the last you know six weeks of the season. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, I think, you know, when they brought him up, uh, the intention was to play him every day and they basically did that. And, uh, you know, he, he's shown what we, you know, people thought of Bobby Bradley. He's got power and it's, you know, it's finally displayed itself in the big leagues. Uh, he's got some swing and miss and that's displayed itself in the big leagues. And he's, he's played, I think, Joe, I don't know about you, but I think he's played better defensively at first base than I thought he would. Then, you know, we saw then the guy we saw two years ago. So at, that's, uh, at some point I'm going to write a story about Bobby Bradley doing the splits. It's going, it's going to be on the site. That's that, that is on my agenda, but he needs to get back and healthy before I do that. So. Yeah, definitely. He's like a ballerina out there, man. That's like uh old time, uh, old, those old time first basemen with, with all the splits and uh, stretches and <laughs> I, I, I am impressed and scared every time he does it. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to talking to Bradley about the splits. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from cleveland.com reporters, Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank 
Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. So for the rest of the tonight, we've got Zach Plesak going. Uh, Plesak has had ups and downs his last couple of outings. Uh, last outing, it was a down. It was, you know, he had a lead, and then all of a sudden, he didn't have a lead. And it got ugly in a hurry. Um what do we expect out of Zach Plesak heading into uh, tonight's start? Well, I think he'll be. I think he'll pitch well. I think the Twins are kind of in his head a little bit. We've seen, you know, two starts against him, against the Twins, where you know he's had he started out the one, you know, hey, in, one, uh, you know, we know what one, he did after the one. Yeah, and I mean, after retiring nine straight, then he couldn't get anybody out in the in the fourth inning, and he ends up with a broken thumb and. Uh, Last time out in uh, in Minneapolis at Target Field, he's got like a 5-2 lead, and he can't get out of the fifth inning, and uh, the Indians end up losing that game. So, uh, you know, it's te- players have certain teams that, you know, they struggle against, and maybe the Twins are that. And and I think, uh, you know, Plesak, A, hasn't pitched great since he's come off the, the injured list, but B, the fact that he did come off the injured list, that he worked hard enough to do that and you know, fill a spot in a rotation, I think is important, you know, has been really important for this pitching staff and he has had some moments and, you know, this would be a, this would be a good time for him to put a, to put a good start together. Speaking of filling spots in that rotation, uh, Aaron Savali uh, pitched a, a bullpen or I'm sorry, pitched, no, I'm, I apologize. He pitched a rehab uh, start in Akron uh, went what? Two innings, two innings. And was, uh, from all reports, felt good afterwards. So that's the w- what they're looking for. Not really looking for results in those uh, those rehab starts. We're looking for, you know, can he pick up a baseball the next day? Yeah, he's going to throw a bullpen today, Joe. Uh, then they'll make a determination on uh, when his next rehab start will be. I would think, you know what, you start on Sunday – you know, usually the rotation, you start on Sunday, uh, the second day between your next start, you throw the bullpen and then what, two days later you start. So what's today, Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, I would think he'd start Friday, right? Somewhere, yeah, right. Whether, whether it's in Akron or, or Columbus. Yeah. It depends on who's home. I think whatever the, like might, you might see him at Lake County if they're home, yeah. you know, it all depends on, and Lake County is home right now. Uh, I would think he's probably going to start at Lake County on Friday because of the three teams you mentioned, that's the team that's closest right now. Um, so look, for, look for that. If things go well, we could see Aaron Savali back in the big league rotation uh, soon, maybe on this uh, upcoming road trip and Shane Bieber might be not too far behind that. Yeah. He threw a bullpen yesterday. Uh, you know, so that's progressing. I would think, we've got to be looking at a simulated game or some kind of, you know, go to Lake County or go to Akron to face hitters 
in the near future here to see how he's doing. And then he gets out on a rehab and maybe, you know, by mid mid September, maybe he's ready to make one or two starts before the season ends. Yeah. And, and again, you know, my thoughts on that and, and, you know, whether or not he should do something like that, but, you know, just for his own sanity, getting back on the mound before the end of the season and having that uh, to be able to carry into the off season might be a good thing. Uh, who knows? All right. Uh, the Indians tonight, uh, Zach Plesak taking on the Rangers. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, you'll be there to provide coverage. We'll uh, look forward to talking to you again uh, here on tomorrow's Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good deal, Joe.